Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Nashville, it's time for Nashville Business Radio. Now, here's your host. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Nashville Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and this episode is an important one, one I've been looking forward to uh, for dental practice owners that uh, have PPP loans and uh, maybe don't know what an ERC is. Uh, this is an important episode. We've got two partners from Aprio, the CPA and advisory firm, uh, Justin Alangian. Justin is partner in charge of ERC and PPP services, and Adam McDowell. Adam is a partner in in the Nashville office of Aprio, and he is also uh, has a particular expertise in dental practices. Justin, Adam, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, John. Before we get into some of the uh, details of what you've got to share this morning, let's introduce both of you. Um, Justin, maybe you can start, talk a little bit about you and the work you do for Aprio. Sure. Uh, I'll make this brief here. Uh, quickly, a little bit about Aprio. First, um, we are a CPA-led business advisory firm um, headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, but have offices where, certainly where Adam sits in, in Nashville um, and up and down the East Coast. And uh, have our, our folks are across the country. We're serving clients in all 50 states uh, in the country and over 50 countries around the world. Um, the CPA-led business advisory term is very intentional. Uh, that's due to the fact that we offer much more than your standard CPA uh, compliance-related services. It is the advisory aspect. In fact, there's 23 service lines within that that allow us to support a business in all phases of their needs from startup to uh, expansion of growth to wind down and then other personal matters or other things that they may be facing along the way. That's a lot of kind of where my role has been coming into play over the last 18 months here um, as the partner in charge of our PPP and ERC service team. Uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar, that's the Paycheck Protection Program. I think everyone's got PPP nailed down by now, but ERC is the new hot topic that we've been talking about extensively over the last six months. And that's the employee retention credit. And we'll spend some time talking about that further here today. Uh, lucky to have an opportunity to Spent a lot of time with Adam and, and his uh, dental team and clients. Uh, Adam, you want to introduce yourself? Sure, absolutely. Well, guys, thanks so much for having me here today. Uh, Adam McDowell, a partner here on our dental team, uh, based here in the Nashville office, but we serve dental practices across the nation. Uh, as Justin mentioned, uh, we've got great capacity. Uh, we've got great exposure in uh, many different areas of the country uh, serving our dental clients. My focus personally is much more uh, on the side of uh, tax planning, uh, advisory consulting uh, for dental practices to help uh, manage, increase, and leverage uh, cash flow, uh, debt, uh, whatever the case may be. Also, uh, within the last few months, uh, leveraging available credits and getting that cash flow uh, into our dental practice owners' hands has been imperative. And uh, so, so really excited to talk more today uh, about these programs. Uh, it's it's almost like alphabet soup, right? Uh, as Justin <laughs> mentioned, well, if if we if we throw out an acronym there, John, that that uh, not familiar, make sure you, you stop us and and let us get that squared away. But 
but uh, really a great opportunity. Uh, you know, think back to when this started. It's been well over a year ago now when these programs started. Uh, so much has changed, and uh, I think we've been able to provide just great insight and very timely information to our dental practice owners so that they can focus on getting back to business. And that's really what the key's been. So before we get into PPP and ERC, um, Adam, I think it'd be appropriate for us to just set up this conversation with, uh, we wouldn't be talking about PPP and ERC were it not for a pandemic, right? So uh, let's talk about how the pandemic has affected the dental industry. If you, if you offer a few brief observations on that, that would be great. Sure, absolutely. Well, let's go back in time just for a minute and think back to about mid-March of 2020. Okay, this is when the, the, the height of the pandemic hit, uh, the shutdown occurred, and the economy, businesses stopped, right? So think about that. You're a, you're a, a, a dentist that, that owns their own practice, uh, and you're basically now told to stop earning a living, right? And with, with no end in sight, uh, imagine the anxiety there uh, on their end. And so that continued, that, that shutdown continued for most of our dental owners uh, at least until early May. So, so we're talking a month and a half of time where they couldn't open their practice. They couldn't earn a living. Yet they still had employees, team members that, that relied upon them for their living. And so many of those owners were extremely conscientious to that and continued to pay their folks even in the midst of, of having the offices closed completely. Very thankfully, the, the government took note of, of these things going on and enacted some programs that could help facilitate that. So then early mid-May, things start opening back up slightly. They're able to see patients into the office. However, there were so many restrictions in place such as social distancing. You, you had to maintain six feet uh, in the office. You were limited in, in many cases, depending on your state uh, or county rules, the amount of patients you could even have in your office or your lobby waiting room. So talk about adjusting very quickly. Our dentists had to adjust their whole way of operations. Okay, They had to change how they did business. And they didn't have a lot of lead time to, to figure that out. It was, we got to figure it out quickly. So then we go through the summer. Things seemed to pick back up a little bit. The fall kind of saw a little bit of what we call a second wave. And into the end of the year, things slowed down again a little bit. Fortunately, though, here we are now today, June 10th. And, and there seems to be finally that, that end of the tunnel and the light there, uh, where for the most part, our practice owners are back to um, – somewhat of a sense of normalcy, we would say. But I think what's happened uh, is, is our clients have been able to take advantage from the standpoint of this, the, the, the pandemic to grow and to uh, push themselves into thinking you know, more proactively into their practice. How do we leverage technology? How can we be more innovative? How can, how can we still be productive? Uh, how can we still take care of our team members? Um, through all of this. And so really it's been a pleasure uh, to work so closely with these dental practice owners over the last year. Awesome. Now let's get into some of the specifics around 
uh, where we are in PPP and ERC. And, you know, Justin, you mentioned that I think pretty much the whole world, even if you don't have a PPP loan, you know what it is, um, uh, maybe. So maybe we can move beyond that to what, uh, as you say, a lot of folks have only recently gotten familiar with, if they know it at all, ERC. Let's talk about what that is for those that don't know it and uh, eligibility, what have you. Sure. So ERC is the Employee Retention Credit. Other times you may hear that referred to as ERTC because it is a payroll tax credit. That's one important thing to note right there, that it's payroll taxes, not income taxes. It's got some additional interest, and, and that's a, certainly an understatement right there because it's refundable. And, and meaning we can claim it retroactively and receive a refund from the IRS or to the extent that we have current credits that exceed our existing obligations in, in, in present time, that gets refunded to us as well. But that's not the kicker. The kicker is that it's worth up to $33,000 per employee. Of course, that's subject to uh, eligibility, but, you know, as we work very closely with a number of dental practices and, and, and Adam and his team uh, as well, we're finding some great opportunities throughout the course of 2020, which in and of itself carries an opportunity for a, a credit of up to $5,000 per employee for the 2020 year. And then it's up to $7,000 per employee per quarter for 2021. We'll see some opportunity for some of these dental practices in the early part of, of 2021. Certainly, that may be uh, geographically based, depending on how the government orders came into play. And we'll talk about eligibility in just a second. Or those, depending on where they were and how their business has or hasn't revived back to pre-COVID-like levels, where there may also be an opportunity to claim these credits. So a variety of things to look at there that provide an opportunity to, to, to take advantage of the employee retention credit, in addition to the Paycheck Protection Program funds, in addition to provider relief funds, which we won't spend some time talking about today, but we know that a lot of our medical practices and dental practices in particular did receive those funds as well. So uh, when Adam mentions uh, alphabet soup, uh, there's a variety of things that can come into play when we're talking about dental practices and uh, COVID, there's another one, uh, related relief. Got it. Now let, let's let's chat a little bit about eligibility. You know what what makes a uh, dental practice or any other business, for that matter, uh, eligible for the ERC. Sure. So I'll speak broadly on it first, and then uh, Adam, let's use some you know some examples that we're seeing uh, every day, multiple times a day. Eligibility for purposes of the credit, we won't go too far in the details, but note that. It's meeting one of two criteria. And, and I emphasize that because there's a lot of misinformation out there that a business needs to meet both criteria in order to be eligible for the credit. The first criteria is what's termed as a significant decline in gross receipts. That it carries a different meeting when we're evaluating the credit in 2020 than it does in 2021. There's some nuances with it, but generally speaking, you, you have to have at least a 50% decline in gross receipts 
in a calendar quarter in 2020 compared to that same calendar quarter in 19 to become being eligible under this test. In 2021, they did kind of lower the barrier to entry. That is now a 20% decline, still compared back to the same calendar quarter in 19. So we always want to compare back to pre-COVID related levels. The other criteria, however, is this uh, term of full or partial suspension in, in operations. That's the result of a government order from a federal, state, or local level, that a, a governmental authority that has appropriate jurisdiction over the business that was related to COVID. And that partial suspension, um, and in some cases, full suspension, Adam, we see it within dental, can come into play where a business may not be able to operate any of its operations or can operate some, but not all. And that's that, that, that's that defined line between full suspension and partial suspension. That concept remains constant between 2020 credit evaluation as it does 2021. Where we're seeing this come into play for dental is both. Um, mm-hmm. Not always, but what we've seen is Adam uh, kind of walked through that timeline with us um, as what's happened from the pandemic was really if you go back and we look at Q2 of 2020, like many businesses, dental being no exception here, that was a really challenging quarter because there was the closure of non-essential businesses for a period of time. And that's an area where we saw some dental practices experience that significant decline in gross receipts. But even if they didn't, there was a closure of non-essential businesses that was also directed by government order. So that provides opportunity when a dental practice was closed for full suspension, because I don't know any dentists that have been successful in cleaning teeth on Zoom. <laughs> but after the fact, when they did reopen the practices, they were met with an abundance of sanitation restrictions, capacity requirements. I know I waited in a parking lot a couple of times for my dental appointment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And those are different things that limit an ability of a dental practice continue its operations. Uh, Adam, I know you've got a number of stories here that we've seen take place and, and really opening the eyes of a dental practice um, to the opportunity that exists. You want to speak to a, a few of those so that, you know, our listeners can, can realize, wait a second, maybe I do qualify. Right. Absolutely. So I think as, as you mentioned, Justin, that there is a difference between 2020 and 2021 as it relates to that substantial decline in gross receipts, uh, 50% in 2020, 20% in 2021. Let's focus on 2020 for just a moment. Quarter two was that period, as you mentioned, that was really impacted uh, in our dental practices. Uh, that was the height of the pandemic. However, for the majority of our clients did not see a 50% or greater decline, even in quarter two of 2020. Some got awfully close, saw a lot of 40, 45% declines, but didn't quite get above that. So so we move on to that second qualifier. Uh, The either or, as I say, is the shutdown. Well, we certainly know our dental practices were shut down 
mid-March to early May. However, once uh, things opened back up somewhat in uh, early May, as you mentioned, Justin, they were met with a breath of uh, restrictions. I mean, big time restrictions. Uh, let's take hygiene, for example, right? So let's say that a dental practice has a hygiene program. Uh, they've got hygienists on the team, uh, cleaning teeth, like you said, haven't figured out a way to do that through, through Zoom yet. Well, think about that. So, so that's a six-month schedule generally, right? You, you go get your teeth cleaned twice a year. Well, if you were set to have your teeth cleaned during that period of time, more likely than not, you probably canceled. And your likelihood of rescheduling is probably low. So you would have just probably pushed that on to, to the next six-month appointment. That, that if let's say hygiene accounts for 10% of your business, let's say that, that's a substantial impact if you don't have folks coming in the door for, for teeth cleaning. We also understand that you know going through the, the teeth cleaning and, and meeting with your hygienist is also an opportunity for the dentist to get in front of you as well. And so they they did not have that opportunity to get in front of you because you weren't there. Okay. Now, I, I won't get into the specifics of, of all the shutdown rules, the mandates, et cetera, uh, but, but certainly there are, had a call earlier this week, for example, uh, with a prospective client that, that believes they may be eligible in 2020, but not quite sure. Well, they've got a lot of hesitancy as it relates to the government shutdowns. They don't believe uh, that, that they might meet that criteria. However, they're looking at it because their office was open, that they weren't impacted. But when you start asking these questions, hey, tell me about your, your, your lobby, your waiting room, any restrictions there? Oh, yeah, we can only have one or two people in there at a time. Tell me about the, the cleaning after a visit. What's your expectation? Oh, it's, it's 15, extra 15, 20 minutes to, to clean and sanitize that station. Well, those are things that have been mandated by government orders in 2020. Yeah. And so I, I think from that perspective, there's a lot of uh, those issues out there that, that dental practice, some dental practice owners aren't aware of. And, and our concern is that they may be missing out on, on really a great opportunity with the ERC. Well, let me, let me, and yeah, I want to get to that, but l- let me make sure I understand one specific piece of this. Uh, Justin, back to you it is when, when we, when we say significant decline, let's say a 50% decline in 2020 versus 2019 for a calendar quarter, is it, is that the significant decline or is, or is, I mean, is it, is it mandated? It's got to be 50% cause I can hear some business owners out there, dental practices saying, Hey, I was down 40%. That's a pretty significant decline. You mean I don't qualify? Unfortunately, to begin eligibility in 2020, it must uh, come with a significant decline in gross receipts, which would be at least a 50% decline in calendar quarters. But even in those situations where they don't have that, dental practices in substantially all states, sometime between, let's call it March 13th, 14th, 15th to 25th, had restrictions placed on the business that required a closure. And then we've had this continued aspect of uh, adhering to government orders. 
And so it's only meeting one of the two criteria. So if you didn't make the significant decline, it should not be an indicator that you should shy away from evaluating and pursuing the employee retention credit. Got it. Okay. That's, that's and really important need, for people to know. Yeah, it, it sure is. And, and, and uh, uh, the other aspect of that, that, that really comes in where we see it and, and Adam mentioned it there is, but my facility, I didn't have, you know, my facility reopened and I only had this little period of time. And that may be different, obviously, depending on the state and, and jurisdiction, the word shutdown does not appear in the ERC guidance. And I think that's one of the other things that we hear quite often from businesses is their facilities reopen and, and a client or a prospective client or someone that's evaluating the opportunity says, but I wasn't shut down. Never said you had to be. Uh, you have this other opportunity to evaluate under this partial suspension in operations. Mm. And we certainly are seeing quite a bit of that that's taking place, whether that's ranging from uh, certain types of procedures that are, that a practice was giving to the impact on capacity, which substantially limits uh, all volume, customer volume and patient volume for, for a practice um, and a continuous set of ongoing measures that have taken place. So it's really one if, you know, that if you look at this and say, ah, I don't qualify, our, our first piece of advice is, are you sure? And you should dig a little bit deeper and continue exploring that conversation. It's certainly just too, too impactful of an opportunity to not apply the appropriate amount of due diligence. For sure. Uh, folks, we're speaking with two partners at Aprio, uh, Justin Alangian, who's the partner of uh, in charge of the PPP and ERC services team, and then uh, Nashville office partner uh, Adam McDowell, uh, and he's a particular, particularly an expert in a lot of things, but certainly about dental practices uh, and uh, their cash flows and and how they operate. Um, so, gentlemen, let's let's talk about, I guess the a couple of different things here: the forgiveness portion of PPP. We're, we're in that window right now, and we got banks out there encouraging people to apply for forgiveness, um, which that encouragement may be a little misplaced because there's an interplay with ERC that everybody needs to be aware of, right? There sure is. Uh, this is one um, not to overlook. Uh, what we certainly see, even for those that realize that they're eligible for ERC and they have a PPP loan, they look at that and say, well, I, I must I have to use the wages outside of what's termed as the covered period for the Paycheck Protection Program. And while that certainly provides an opportunity to identify wages that may be uh, eligible to use for the employee retention credit, it may not maximize the benefits of the two programs. So really understanding how they work together and understanding how to intentionally use the wages to yield the greatest value and benefits to the business becomes extremely important. John, I'm, I, I kid you not when I tell you, we go as far as splitting an employee's paycheck to determine should it be used for PPP or for for. Uh, for ERC. So we do look at this very granularly. If that's what it entails to maximize the opportunities for the respective business, then that's where we go. And it's a really unique opportunity for those that maybe uh, have a, a particularly have a, a 2021 PPP loan. They're still making decisions today 
that may impact their opportunity for forgiveness. And, and I'm going to come back to something that Adam said and use an example here um, as we think about taking some of the aspects of the pandemic and, and, and particularly here we've got COVID relief funding and using that to build out uh, infrastructure or advance to practice. We've got some some businesses that have certainly really understood this concept and, and really are thinking through what this means and utilizing that and building really intentional and customized strategies. We look at PPP, there's an amount of uh, non-payroll costs, and we won't go into too much detail on what those are, but non-payroll costs can make up up to 40% of the PPP loan amount that's being forgiven. That allows for some of the, the, the wages and salaries you're paying during your PPP covered period to be preserved and used for the employee retention credit. And so we've got some businesses we're working with now that are we're, we're running ongoing calculations and, and projections for to look at some of the non-payroll costs. So, hey, I know you wanted to make this future investment in a new software for the business. If we shift that timing up and we do that now, we can get that covered and forgivable under PPP funds. And then that opens up some of the wages that you're paying to utilize for the employee retention credit. So now I'm still getting to full forgiveness on my PPP loan. I've identified wages to generate employee retention credits. And I've invested in future growth of my business by bringing in some of those future initiatives forward into today's world. That's a really big opportunity there for those that are really thinking strategically and thinking forward about how to maximize not only the benefits, but the opportunities that this presents. Adam, you want to add to that just from the dental practice owner's point of view and some some specifics that, that they might be thinking about that, that fit what Justin has to say? Sure. Absolutely. And I can I could first share an example of that. Mm-hmm. So so we serve as a firm over 450 dental practices uh, here in the Nashville office. We serve over a hundred of those practices, and so uh, we've seen that in action. What Justin just said there, we've actually seen that in action through 2020, especially where we got to the end of the year and we had some of our practice owners that actually exceeded their revenue compared to 19 on an annual basis. Think about that. We had a once in a generation pandemic and they were actually able to excel and exceed the prior year. And that was because that very point Justin mentioned, they were able to invest in in different technology and software through this uh, program, through this time to help accelerate their business. So what would be, you know, a few examples of that? in one uh, one case we've seen has been a lot of extra uh, time and, and attention spent training their team, right? Improving that skill set to from the front desk to say, okay, hey, someone missed an appointment. How do we get them engaged to get back into the office? How do we encourage them? How do we provide them with assurance that that we have a safe environment? Uh, so really those almost soft skills, I would say, with their team. On then to the hygienist, right? Same thing. Hygienist is in your mouth, right? And so we're, we're thinking about uh, all the, the 
the risk, everyone's wearing masks. How do we give folks assurance that they're safe in, 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 in our environment, in our practice? So there was a lot of uh, money spent, a lot of time spent training uh, and helping the team. Also, it, it provided an opportunity, uh, you know, from a equipment standpoint. So if we've got uh, an opportunity where we've, we're working with some older equipment, maybe now's the right time to, to make that upgrade uh, into that, that equipment whether it be for uh, just um, carrying on uh, additional procedures or if it may be just leveraging new technology within your practice. So those are a few areas I, I think that we've seen Dennis really focus in on uh, over these last few months. Uh, now, let, let's widen, the, I guess, the lens out because I, I, you mentioned, uh, Adam, the 450 or so dental practices that Aprio works with currently. I'm sure there's some dental practices out there listening to this saying, I'm not an Aprio client, but boy, I'm, my CPA is not exactly maybe on the case here, or I'm not hearing all this stuff from my current CPA. Is a dental practice able to engage with you on these particular issues with ERC and PPP and, and um, you know, what, what, what's involved with that? Absolutely. Great question. And the answer is resounding yes. Uh, and, and we've even seen that um, with, with several of, of the new clients that, that we've worked with over these last, uh, you know, 12 to 14 months. Uh, they, they love their current CPA in that situation, but, but maybe it's a little bit smaller shop. Uh, as, as we talked about earlier here, you know, we, we've got a large team that's dedicated just to this work. Um, and, and on top of that, of course, we present ourselves as dental experts in, in the industry. Uh, and our, our PERC team, led by Justin, uh, we've got certain PERC team members that work and focus solely on dental practices. So if you're a dental practice that's that's out there and you're thinking, man, I've, I've, I've missed out. You haven't, um, reach out to us. We, we'd love to help. Um, we, we also work, um, uh, alongside of other CPAs. Another call I had earlier this week was with the prospective client and his CPA, uh, helping, uh, walk through the process and how that works. Uh, and, and I think it provides a great value. So, Certainly, it's not a, a case where you have to be a current client to, to capitalize on, on the, the expertise that our team brings. Um, you know, this, this is a, a once-in-a-lifetime um, pandemic here that we're working towards and, and kind of working through now. Um, our focus has been to provide value uh, to our clients to help them get through that. And so that's not limited just to our clients. Any way that we can help um, a business owner get through to that next, uh, we want to do that. Uh, great words here from uh, Adam McDowell. A Adam is the uh, partner, uh, Aprio partner in uh, in the Nashville office, and uh, uh, Justin Alangian, he's also partner of PPP and ERC Services uh, with Aprio. So. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, a lot we could continue to talk about, but I think what we need to do is let you get on with it and uh, help folks 
But before we let you go, let's get to the most important question, which is for those that have heard something that makes them think they want to be in touch, uh, tell them how they can do that. Sure, absolutely. So uh, if you'd like to get in touch with uh, with me, uh, two best ways to do that would be either reach out, just do a phone call. Uh, I, I love having phone conversations with folks, love face-to-face, so look forward to that as we kind of continue getting out of this. But but the best number to reach me at is area code 615-312-9016. Or if you'd like to email me, you can email me at adam.mcdowell at aprio.com. That's adam.mcdowell, M-C-D-O-W-E-L-L, at aprio.com. And I'd further encourage um, anybody out there that uh, is is listening and, and likes what they're hearing, whether it's related to PPP, whether it's related to ERC, there's a lot of activity that we're doing and, and continue to do uh, in the dental space um, on, on how to manage the business, things to be thinking about, how to use data analytics to really understand what's going on with the company and, and, and really continue or, or thrive beyond what you're doing today. Uh, I, I'd encourage taking a look at our blog we, we, and, and, and signing up for a newsletter. We've got a very specific one that goes out just for dental practices. It's very customized, provides tons of insights and a lot of helpful information. Uh, you can do that by visiting our website, aprio.com. It's A-P-R-I-O.com. You go to sl- slash what's next, one word. That'll take you to our blog, and you'll go ahead and find all the different information that we've put together. And again, that's where we uh, post our resources as we continue to uh, produce them and, and distribute them. Awesome. Uh, Justin Alangian, Adam McDowell, lots of great info here. Thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing it with us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thank you. Uh, folks, just a quick reminder and, an, and a bold ask. So, uh, uh, Nashville Business Radio is the search term. If you want to find the show on all your, all your major podcast apps, we would love it if you would go find the show and subscribe. And I'm boldly asking for you to give us a five-star review. It's not about me. It's not about Business Radio X. It's about the great business leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners that we have on the show. So we want people, people to be able to find the show so they can utilize the services of these business leaders like Justin and Adam. So if you could uh, do that for us, it would, it, it would help people better find the show and, and possibly use their services. So thank you in advance for doing that. And if you want to see our complete show archive, you can go to NashvilleBusinessRadioX.com and find our complete show archive there uh, online as well uh, as we are part of the Business Radio X network. So for my guests, uh, Justin Alingian and Adam McDowell, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Nashville Business Radio.